Today is Wednesday, November 1st, 2023, and welcome to episode 270 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm NSI Deputy Executive Director Jessica Jones, and today I'm joined by my boss, Jamil Jaffer, which is NSI's Executive Director, and two of our most favorite senior fellows, Les Morgan. Les Morgan, Lester Munson and Morgan Vina, you guys just smelled together. The one is much taller than the other. Um, so what are we talking about today? Uh, yesterday, U.S. President Joe Biden revealed plans to expel Uganda, Gabon, Niger, and the Central African Republic from a special U.S.-Africa trade program, the African Growth and Opportunity Act, better known as AGOA. This announcement comes right before South Africa is set to host the 20th AGOA Forum later this week on Thursday. For those of you that don't know, AGOA has been around since 2000 and was renewed in 2015 for 10 more years. So it's coming up for expiration in 2025. The program gives eligible sub-Saharan African countries duty-free access to the U.S. for more than 1,800 products. Um, Niger and Gabon were kicked out um, because they're both currently under military rule following coups this year. And uh, President Biden said, quote, they have not established or are not making continual progress towards establishing uh, the protection of political pluralism and the rule of law. CR and Uganda are out for intentional violations of human rights. Uh, the threat to exclude Niger and Gabon is kind of the latest action against the two dictator-led countries. Last week, the U.S. State Department announced that it was suspending most foreign aid to Gabon. And just last month, the U.S. formally declared finally um, a coup in Niger. Um, and we don't even need to get started, or perhaps we will, on the fact that this is being so the forum is being hosted in South Africa, which we know and we've talked about the show, uh, the U.S. is a little bit at odds about um, and we can discuss for a number of reasons. Uh, OK, so it goes set to expire in 2025. Africa, just like most of the world, looks very different today than it did 25 years ago when AGOA first was passed. Les, what do you make of the program in the 25 year, almost 25 years it's been around? What, what does the future of the program look like? Without wanting to go on too long about this, when, it was, when AGOA was originally started in the late 90s, it did have a real impact on African economies, particularly in the textile sector. And uh, it facilitated more trade than there otherwise would have been. We helped build up more of a middle class in Africa. It did have a real impact. In the last 25 years, however, the world has changed. For one thing, it's very unlikely Congress is going to renew AGOA in its current form uh, because of our, our own internal politics around trade, some of which is quite stupid, some of which is sensible. Uh, but the, the reality of the global economy has also changed. And we're much more talking about strategic minerals, uh, IT, the IT sector, things like that. So if we were to do an AGOA again, and I don't think we're going to, but if we were to do one, it should be modernized and updated and reflect the things that are actually relevant in the global economy, particularly in a way that would benefit the United States. There are huge opportunities that remain in sub-Saharan Africa in many ways, more than there were 25 years ago. We should be doing a better job of exploiting those. And let me, let me just say a quick thing about Biden administration policy on all of these things. All of these decisions in and of themselves are, are fine and there are, there are, there's some sensibility to it. What we don't have is any kind of prioritization at the top of U.S. interests in Africa and no real leadership. We are doing everything and nothing all at once. There is no real effort to change any of the dynamics on the ground. Yes, China is eating our lunch. To some extent, that's inevitable because they're just going to sell stuff cheaper than we are. But we don't have a coherent strategy with respect to strategic minerals, with respect to things that are going to matter in 10, 20, 30 years in the world economy. We should have that. And shame on both the executive branch and the legislative branch for not taking real leadership here. 
So, um, Jamil, let's point out China's now overtaken the U.S. as Africa's t- top trading partner. I mean, do you make the same assessment of the Biden administration's policies, whether it's towards the continent as a whole, whether it's to individual, you know, major players in the region? Like, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, they just don't care about Africa or aren't really focused on it. And I mean, the fundamental issue is they're looking to pivot to Asia, right? They're now freaking out because there's a war in Europe and a war in the Middle East. Um, and they don't want to get involved, but they're being dragged in. Uh, and the reality is, though, that Africa is a key part of our China or needs to be a key part of our China strategy. And they're not conceiving of it as such. The same thing with critical minerals, less raises exactly the right point. We've got this really challenged relationship with Congo. There's massive corruption, and yet it is uh, the home to the vast majority of cobalt we need uh, to make EV batteries, which is a key priority for the administration. Now, they have this mythical theory about, oh, we'll pivot away from cobalt and we'll come up with some new battery technology. But the reality is, is that you know we need to figure out how to, how to work more effectively with Africa. I share Les's view that AGOA isn't the right tool. I'm I, I'm hopeful that Les is wrong, that we're not just going to throw uh, African trade over the over the transom and just forget about it. I think that would be a huge strategic mistake when it comes to the China, the larger China conflict. I think the right approach um, is to reimagine uh, this relationship with Africa, recognize that we can be very close allies. And, you know, also recognize, by the way, that AGOA has failed on its demo- bringing democracy and, and, and removing corruption from Africa. That's been a failure. If we're going to make this work, we have to really do the right thing. And by the way, I think that what we ought to do is we ought to focus on the heart, on the core part of Africa. We talk about sub-Saharan Africa being prioritized by Goa. Let's let's take South Africa and move it off the list too. They're doing fine until they want to play <laughs> nice with the United States. They cannot be part of a Goa, and we can focus on uh, the core part of Africa that um, that will benefit both from U.S. engagement and getting the Chinese off their backs. I largely agree with what Les and Jamil have said thus far. Goa was the appropriate tool for for the time, uh, keeping in mind it was signed into law about almost 25 years ago at this point. And so I think we really need to take an updated approach with respect to how we view the African continent. Goa um, has had marginal success, but as we've seen, particularly with a number of the countries that we've um, accepted into the program, um, it's been limited, particularly as these countries go through um, their ups and downs in terms of democratic governance. And so uh, moving forward, this administration really needs to take a, a new approach and an updated approach with respect to the continent. And that is moving beyond um, a savior complex. We need to be treating these African countries as, as commercial partners. And we can do that through new tools, through the DFC, uh, Development Finance Corporation. A completely new approach to the continent is, is, is warranted. And we just need to sort of move away from sort of these um, anachronistic tools, which may have been useful at, at one point, um, but have since um, have since sort of reached reached their limits in terms of uh, the of success. Totally agree with Morgan on that. Less Jones, I want I want to make one more point. I said shame on both executive and legislative branch. AGOA was a congressional initiative. Mm-hmm. It was a bipartisan initiative that came out of the House of Representatives, Republicans and Democrats on the Foreign Policy Committee and on the Trade Committee. They worked together. It was a, it was a terrific program. It was great in the moment. It was great for several years. Why aren't we seeing that again? We, oh, we are that's... way too we are way too inwardly focused. We are way too obsessed with partisan differences. There's a huge opportunity here for smart people in Congress to get together and do something that actually advances American interests and values at the same time, and will also make us all a lot more money. If only that were true. 
if I was only if more only time yeah. <laughs> we if were talking only... about congress needs to do more um right. in and it's area. not broken right yeah. exactly uh, but that that's a wrap because we don't have time to tackle that debate uh that's a wrap thanks so much to alex toki claude jennings and the rest of the nsi team for their help in producing today's episode join us again on friday november 3rd for another episode of fault lines the national security institute's podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up america we're now on youtube so check us out there and if you like what you heard be sure to rate review and subscribe